Welcome to Eventful Brighton, where we bring you notable stories and events from in and around Brighton. If you want to keep your finger on the pulse in Brighton, or you want to know what's happening in Brighton from afar, then you're in the right place. Come with me as I get under the skin of Brighton, its people, its places and its events. Eventful Brighton is brought to you by wireworldmedia.co.uk Stanmer Park, Brighton, outskirts of Brighton and I'm at a remarkable building called the Brighton Earthship. Uh, what is an Earthship you may well ask. I will get my friend Misha to explain just very shortly. That whizzing you can hear is a wind turbine. Let's go up to it. Apparently it's a one kilowatt wind turbine, which is whizzing round, despite the fact that there's barely any wind, which is quite incredible. But the earth, the, the turbine is not what we came to look at. We came to look at this remarkable building. Let me describe this earthship. First thing to say is it's uh, a building which is built primarily from used car tyres. Now that sounds absolutely disgusting, but you wouldn't know looking at it. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, It's kind of got this stucco adobe look to it. You can imagine you're in New Mexico or somewhere like that. That's the walls. whole front of it is glazed with sloping glass uh, to capture maximum sunlight. And inside that sloping glass there are bananas and I wouldn't be surprised if they're in fruit there's a bunch of plants and a special planter which is watered from wastewater inside the the earth ship it's absolutely beautiful it really really is and we're going to be speaking to Misha Hewitt who helped in the construction of this project this earth ship here in Stammer Park in Brighton he's going to tell us the ins and outs how it works a little bit of history about how it came to be. I myself helped in the construction of this back in 2000 and... Oh, when was it? Three, four? I remember ramming about two or three of the tyres, which took me all day. Because <laughs> basically we have um, car tyres that are rammed full of earth and then, you know, jackhammered down. Not with a jackhammer, but with a lump hammer. I think um, some people call them sledgehammers. But it's absolutely wonderful. Sarah is taking video shots... So there will be an independent sort of video shoot of this. Uh, this is just the audio podcast, so there is a video podcast that's available as well. Anyway, let's. Um, Misha's just having a cup of tea. So when he's finished, let's uh, let's grill him and ask him to show us round. So Misha Hewitt, here we are outside the uh, the Earthship in Stammer. What a remarkable building! First of all, tell us um, who you are and what your role is. Hi, yeah, my name's Misha, and I'm the project manager of this project, the Earthship project in Stanmer Park. And can we go around and have a look, and you can tell us how it works? Yeah, of course we can. Let's have a wander around. The basic idea of the building is very, very simple. Um, it's not quite like a conventional building in the sense that this building is designed to just use all of the earth around it and all the elements around it. And what I mean by that, for example, is the building's designed to harvest all the rain that falls onto its roof. It's designed to harvest all of the sunlight that falls on the building that comes in through these big, sort of wide expanses of glass. We're now looking at the south face, front face of the building. Yeah. And also we're harvesting the wind, which you might just be able to hear in the background yeah, as well, yeah. for electricity. So just the idea is really that this building kind of reaches out with its arms and gathers all of the resources that it needs from, from the immediate world around it. And so it has a very, very low environmental impact. The trick is really it's using very little fossil fuel for its kind of day-to-day running. That's the point. Or no fossil fuel, in fact. Yes. Yeah. 
So we're looking at the front face of it here. This, so basically an airship is always fa- uh, south-facing, isn't it, with large windows say, facing south? Yeah, it is in the northern hemisphere. I mean, if you wanted to harvest the sun in the southern hemisphere, you'd obviously orientate the building the other way around. Yeah. But yeah, what we're attempting to do here is just to capture loads and loads of sunlight. So just as you say, we point the building towards the south, Yeah. and then the sun would rise in the east and set in the west, but its energy would always be coming down from the south. So that way we're getting the maximum amount of sunlight or solar gain as it's known, maximum amount of energy into the building. And what happens to that sunlight once it goes in? Well, the idea is this, that on the south face you have a big, wide expanse of glass, Mm -hmm. and on the rest of the faces, that's to say particularly the north face, but on the east and the west, you have big, thick walls. And in this case, in this building, they're made from rammed car tyres, which I'll talk a little bit about in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't have to be. You could make them from any other really thick, dense material such as block work or rammed earth or whatever. Yeah. But the idea is you have big, thick, wide walls that are very, very dense, very solid. And just like on a summer's day, if you put your hand on a curbstone, you can feel all the heat emanating yeah. from that curbstone. That's the principle we're exploiting in this building. So we've got these big, thick walls that are just soaking up all of the, all of the heat, all of the radio- infrared radiation out of the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And when it gets cold, all of that heat just comes back out of the walls and, and cools you for, um, sorry, warms you for free. So. Can we have a look inside? Yeah, of course we can. Let's show okay. inside. So we're just going in through one of the front doors in the big glass front. The first thing that strikes me is we're in what seems to be like a greenhouse, so we're behind that front wall of glass, but there's a secondary wall of glass as well. Why is that? Well, the idea is quite simple, really. I mean, the thing with glass is you get lots of sunlight and lots of energy through during the day, but once it's cold and once it's at night, you're losing lots and lots of energy back out the other way. So we've got two sheets of glass, one sloped and one vertical, and the idea is that this greenhouse, this conservatory space, acts as a kind of buffer. So we're getting lots of energy in, but we're not losing as much energy out. So you could, in a sense, call it a sort of room-sized piece of insulation that kind of stretches sure, yeah. along the front face of the building to, to stop heat loss. We've got some pretty impressive plants here. These banana plants? Yeah. Can we have a look? Mean, yeah, of course. I mean, they are literally going bananas. Um, yeah. They were only put it. in a few months ago, and uh, they're going pretty wild for it, really. And they're in, a, they're in a, what's There's called a grey water... Yeah. So it's a grey water planter. So is that, where does the water come from for that? Well, shall I, shall I start with grey water, or shall I start you from the water systems and where the water Start me begins? from the water systems, more sensible. Let's okay, the water we systems. head up to the roof? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we can go through it all so we're going back way. outside, we're going to have a look on the outside. So back outside now, around the side of the building. I'm being led up round the back, because it's built into the earth, isn't it, this? It is, yeah. This particular building's cut into the side of a hill. They don't have to be. You could build mm. it on the flat if you wanted. Yeah. I mean, the absolutely critical thing, the crucial thing is that... The building is south-facing. Other than that, it doesn't really particularly matter, so you can cut into a hill or you can be on the flat. depends what your site's doing. Sure. On this site, we've got a gradient, so we're, we're cutting to the earth. Now, we're passing three manhole covers. Am I guessing there are water containers under here? Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. I mean, the idea is very simple. I mean, like all buildings, this building's got a roof, mm-hmm. um, and this roof gets lots and lots of water on top of it, particularly sure. in the last month, we can see... Just how devastating the rain can be. Oh, yes, yeah. I'd love to have been here when it was raining a few days ago, see what was happening to the water. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The, the rain just falls on, runs down the guttering, and yeah. then it comes through a bed of gravel, which is over here. Now, what does, it, what does that do? Does it filter it? It does, yeah. I mean, it's a very simple, crude filter. I mean, it's literally just a bed of gravel. Yeah. And that takes out the twigs and the leaves and sediment and other yeah. bits and pieces. And then it flows through a vortex filter, 
a vortex filter. Sounds yeah, interesting. It just makes the water sounds very space age, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It makes the water just spin round very fast, and the heavier particulates, the sediment that mm. gets through the first filter, just fall away and get swept away out of a, a waste pipe. Okay. And the rest end up in our storage tanks here, which we've got just in a row. So are these pretty full now. Can you tell how full they are? We could have a look how full yeah. they are. I would imagine they're probably very full, but uh, let's have a look. That's for all those who don't live in the UK. We had some torrential... We had about a month's worth of rain, didn't we, fall in about two days? Yeah. Oh, yeah, did. that's about a foot from the top. Yeah, I think one place there was um, something along the lines of um, 100 mil, just over 101 millimetres of rain in um, four hours. Wow. Which is... Uh, Incredible to say the least. Yes, um, we it did cause some flooding, didn't it, in this country? Some quite. In fact, some people are still underwater, aren't they? So that's that's how the rain is collected. Absolutely. So the first thing, rain falls on the roof, comes through a couple of little filters, and ends up in a row here. And then, if right. you'd like to come down inside, yeah, I'll show you the next stage of the water and um, what we're doing with it and how we're using it. I have to say, it's, it looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we've done, we've done a lot of work, and one of the things we did quite recently, which was quite exciting, was to take all the fences down. Yeah. And we've basically graded the site and scraped it clean, um, but I'm probably going to get another digger in and um, get somebody to do a really nice job and just finishing it off. Yeah. And then yeah. we're just going to plant loads and loads of grass seeds. So if you can imagine, the whole of this will just be a lovely panorama sure. of just, uh, just turf and just rolling turf straight down, just past the reed bed. And, just that little bank of trees over there, so it should be a really, really lovely sight. I mean, presumably you do not want large trees growing very close to that front window, do you? Otherwise it will not the sun. <laughs> so you want no, it quite absolutely. flat, don't you, ideally? Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So you just don't really want any obstruction, because no. if you have one, then it just means that, that you're getting less energy into, into so it. We go, are we going into a different door? Then? Are we going into the main body of the Earthship? So we're behind that sort of vestibule, that, that greenhouse, and now we're into the main bit. It's absolutely wonderful. Again, lovely stone floor. We were very lucky, actually. We um, spoke to a quarry down in Portland, just along the coast a little bit. Mm. We told them all about the project and who we are and what we were doing. And they gave us all of this stone for free. And Fantastic. We sent a lorry down to go and pick it all up, and we brought it back, and then we made a floor out of it. We've just recently oiled it with some really nice natural oil. Yeah. And, uh, really brought the colours out in it so it's a lot more vibrant than, it's lovely. than it was. And there's a planter in here also as well. There is, yeah. yeah let's get back to the water. Yeah, um, let's, stick on to the, let's stick on to the water topic. <laughs> it's so easy to get to. It is. Uh, I, oh, wow. Now, you're open, you've opened a cupboard here with what looks to be a filtering system inside it. It is, yeah. I mean, this looks very complex, um, but it isn't. It's actually a very simple principle. If we, if we imagine conventional houses for a moment, mm -hmm. in most conventional buildings, you've got one supply of water and... That, you literally use that type of water for everything, whether it be flushing the toilet or giving water to the dog or washing your clothes or yourself or, yeah. or whatnot. Most of the water that we use in our houses does not need to be up to a drinking quality or potable standard. And so this system's designed to reflect that. It's got two outputs. One is a potable standard and the other is a non-potable standard. I mean, it's drinkable or not drinkable. Absolutely. Drink it, drinkable yeah. and not drinkable. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a fairly... Uh, there are lots of words that are quite complex but don't really mean very much <laughs> other than just... Uh, but yeah, we've got two outputs from this yeah. and the non-drinking water element goes through to our sinks and our shower yeah. and the drinking element goes through to our kitchen sink so we can drink that water if we want to. So that's the first time that we use the water, yeah. um, is in our kitchen sink and in our bathroom sink and our shower. Yeah. Once we've used that water, it obviously becomes grey water. Yes. And grey water is wastewater that's, that's just been used, that hasn't been mixed with, with human waste, so it's not got yeah. sewage in with it. 
Yeah. And all of that water flows through down into these two planters. Right. And if you can imagine uh, sort of big, lush, tall plants um, that are all roots are going down into this water that's just passing through. Yeah. And the roots are just cleaning the water and taking lots and lots of nutrients and other things out of them. Yeah. And so by the time the water gets to the end, it's been cleaned. And that's the water that we actually use for flushing the toilet. Okay. So the water that we're flushing away is just grey water, which is just wastewater that's been recycled. Yeah, or purified grey water, in fact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then from there it goes out to a septic tank, and then finally out to a reed bed, which does exactly the same as the um, grey water plants, except it deals with our sewage, deals with our black water. Yeah. So that's the kind of story of the water from the sort of first drip to the last drop, sort of, so to speak. And just going back to that filter system, you say it's got, it's got one input, which is from those huge tanks, is that yeah. right? Two outputs. So the potable output presumably has been through a couple of really good filters. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the um, drinking water side just goes through a couple of extra filters. One of mm. them is, is a carbon block filter, so that's got really tiny pores. It has to yeah. squeeze the water through, and that gets rid of the majority of um, sort of bacteria and other things that you yeah. wouldn't want in your supply. And the other is... A UV filter, so you're bombarding the water with ultraviolet light to kill off anything that's in there that sure. you wouldn't, wouldn't particularly want. Okay. So that's, that's all it is, really, those couple of extra filters. One thing I have to say about this is it, it's made from rammed car tires, but you wouldn't know, would you? I mean, it's a completely smooth mm. wall. It's all been rendered on the inside. It has, yeah. I mean, people say, oh, you, you've built from car tires. That, that's pretty strange. But, I mean, if you look at most walls internally, they've been rendered over or plasterboarded over. Yeah. So you can't really see what's behind them anyway. And sure. the walls that we have here, other than they're quite sort of rounded, yeah. they're quite undulating, you wouldn't really know. Um, but tyres are a fantastic material to build with. Um, we probably throw away about 40, 48 million a year in this country. So yeah. we've got lots and lots of waste tyres that we don't really have that many sort of adequate solutions for. Sure. So what we're trying to demonstrate here is that we have materials that we're throwing away in bulk, in volume, lots and lots and lots of them. And we can just take those materials and we can build with them. So we've got tyre walls, we've got glass bottle brick walls as well that you can see lots of sunlight streaming through. Sure. But yeah, the tyres, very simple technique. You pop them down and you line them with cardboard and then you pour in probably three, four wheelbarrow loads of earth. Yeah. And then you just tamp that down with a hammer yeah. and you keep going and you keep going and after about half an hour or 40 minutes yeah. or so... Yeah. Sweat breaks out on a day like this. It's hard, <laughs> back-breaking work. I did a few, and it's a great way to keep fit, I tell you. I was, <laughs> I was, I was walking along the seafront topless for a few days after that, going, hey, look at me. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, it is a very, very good way to fit him. Yeah. stay fit. It's, um, it's pretty knackering work. Now, I've got to ask you, because you, you have spent, presumably you've spent time in this through the winter and the summer. Mm. What's it like? It's a beautiful temperature in here. That's cool. It's, it's just perfect. What's it like in the winter? It does get a little bit cold in January, or it can do, on very, very grey days. I mean, the way that the building's designed, it responds very, very well to sunlight. So even if it's slightly sunny in winter, then the building's very warm. The building's also designed to respond to the heat that we give off. For example, we're obviously at a constant 37 degrees, so we're Mm. giving off lots and lots of energy as well. Mm. So all of those things together mean that we don't really need that much heating in here. But we do have a wood pellet stove that we can use in winter sure. if we want and it's very very sort of you can see that sitting in the corner over there we can should we go yeah. and have a look yeah, at yeah let's have a look at that so this would only be used in the winter normally then it would I mean this is really the other purpose of this and this is the real purpose of it is it's a backup boiler yeah and oh yes looks like little 
It's like hamster food almost, isn't it? <laughs> or rabbit food. Yeah, it is, just like yeah. hamster food. But um, what this is, is it's pelletised wood. So you've got sawdust that's compressed into pellets. Yeah. And Another waste product, presumably. Absolutely, it is. That's the whole point. Yeah. And it just trickles down into, into this little box oh, okay, here. Okay, yeah. And there's a heating element underneath that heats oh, them right, up. And yeah. there's a little fan that gives it a constant stream of oxygen. And that combusts the wood pellets and then... It's only a tiny little bit area where they're actually burning, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a very, very highly efficient way of, um, of burning wood. I mean, you literally get a few pellets trickling through at a time. Yeah. So it's a constant feed. You can set it up for whatever you want. Does so. it produce a lot of heat? It's got a 15 kilowatt output, which wow. in layman's terms is, is an, an awful amount of heat. Yeah. I mean, if you can imagine one kilowatt... Well, it's 15 one, one kilowatt bar fires, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. But instead of um, it being really an efficient use of electricity, we're just using a waste product, a wood waste product, to yeah. produce lots and lots of heat. And we generally use that heat in winter for backing up our hot water supply. I mean, the solar thermal system is what we use for heating water, and that's fantastic in summer. Yeah. Probably about half as good in spring and half as good in, yeah. in autumn, but not that great in winter. It does a little bit, but not much, so we've got this technology to, to get us through those grey January days. We'll talk about the, the electricity in a minute, but before we talk about that, am I guessing that in the winter, because of the arrangement of these windows, does the sun come further in in the winter? At the moment it's summer, and the sun actually isn't getting into the inner section, which isn't what you would want, presumably, what you, would, you wouldn't want the sun coming in. Does it come further in in the winter? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's spot on. I mean, if you look at the actual angle of the front glass, yeah. it's um, perpendicular, and that means it's 90 degrees to the sun at the lowest point in the year, which is the winter solstice. Yes. So at this time in the year, obviously, when the sun's a lot higher in the sky, the angle of the glass reflects off quite a lot of the solar glare that you wouldn't want. Yes. And because it would make the building very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, the big, thick walls, the advantage are they're constantly soaking up or releasing heat. And we've hooked up with the University of Brighton, who are doing a study of this building and this project. Yeah. They've got 30 to 32 temperature probes sort of buried throughout different depths of the walls and oh, in the right. floors. Yeah. Um, and we can see that the hottest point in the year mm. is probably October, in terms of the walls being really? at, their, at their warmest point. And is that inside the wall or quite near the surface? It's, it's actually inside the wall, yeah. um, going back a um, good, good few inches. And then the coldest point is actually in March. So we've got this big seasonal thing of all of the heat building up in the walls yeah. up until sort of autumn. Yeah. And then at that point, the temperature obviously drops, so the heat starts coming back out. And then by the time you get to March, the temperature's dropped a little bit. Yeah. There's lots of heat's come out the walls. And what's the difference in temperature between that, that, hot, that hot bit and that cold spell? Any idea? Can you remember? I can't off the top of my head, but yeah. I've just written a book, and it's in there in <laughs> excruciating detail. Plug the detail. book. Plug the book, Misha. Yeah, my book's called Earthships, Building a Zero-Carbon Future with Homes, and will be available fairly soon. So, yeah, have From a look From all major booksellers? Um, probably not, actually. Um, if you want to get hold of a copy, just have a look on our website, lowcarbon.co.uk. Okay. So, I'm sorry about the shameless plug of my book, but I uh, No, I, be, I invited uh, you. I'm willing doing to myself shameless. A, as a shameless disservice if I didn't, uh, no, didn't mention it. You, you did the right thing. <laughs> you did the right thing. Okay, let's talk about um, briefly how you heat your water, apart from the, wood, the, the chip burner. So you've got solar arrays, have you? We have, yeah. I mean, we have to talk about this virtually because we've, they're not actually in place at the moment okay. because they were all stolen last year. Oh, yes. But um, we've got some insurance money, so we'll be popping some more up um, fairly soon. Yeah. 
Um, but the principle is very, very simple. I mean, essentially, you've just got a large darkened area and the sun's energy just comes down and transfers heat into, into a liquid that's sort of flowing around in that. Yeah. And so you end up getting just hot water coming out the bottom and then that comes into our tank. Is it like the evacuated tube type um, array? It's similar. It's actually called a flat plate system, right. um, so it's slightly less efficient, yeah. um, but it's cheaper system, so sure. it's absolutely yeah. fine. We've got lots of hot water off of it when, uh, when we had it. And your electricity, is that just the conventional solar arrays plus this lovely wind turbine we have here? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we used to generate lots and lots of power from the solar until, unfortunately, it was stolen by yeah. some local fairly enterprising people. Right. And um, now we're just relying on our wind turbine, which is sort of keeping us going. Um, yeah. But happily, we're about to get some more panels How in do you the store the future. An array of car batteries? It, yeah, they're a bit bigger than car batteries. Um, they're actually huge, huge batteries. They're probably about two, two times the size of a car battery. So. Yeah. And do you find that's enough? Is that enough? To, do you have like an inverter? So you have like a 240 yeah. supply? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We, we generate power at 12 volts and um, we store it, I think it's at 24 and we use it at 20, 240 like everybody else. Yeah. So we invert cool. the power up to that. So you can plug in any gadget really. I mean, that's the whole idea with this building. The building's designed in such a way that it has a very low impact. Yeah. But to the person using it at the end, there's no real difference. You haven't got to massively compromise your lifestyle. Sure. Um, because so many people think, well, if something's green, you've either got to live on life, yoga, or walk about in sandals, <laughs> or uh, take up yoga, or not that any of those things are bad, but yeah. um, that's the sort of image that people have. And yeah, my son's got a grasshopper. Wow. Let's have a look. That's quite a big one. Mm. Nice. It's quite a big one, actually, isn't it? You know, there's one bit of this earth ship we haven't been in yet. I'm dying to go. And are we allowed to go into the circle a bit at the end of the hut? Yeah, it, of course. Is it safe? I yeah, just of course. went in there. Did you? Yeah. Well, I haven't. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm only going in when I'm told I'm allowed to go in, you see. So we're walking back into that front greenhouse area. You haven't been in the bathroom either. Let's have a look oh, at the yeah, show me the bathroom too. It's deceptive. This building just goes on and on. You, there's bits you miss if you're not careful. Yeah, this is the right, bathroom. bathroom first. Oh, yes. Now, show, now this is wonderful. Normal looking loo. Yeah, this is a low flush toilet, so it's two and a half, four litre flush, so the amount of grey water that we're using is very, very small. Brilliant. Normal looking basin, normal looking taps. Yeah, so absolutely. Presumably, when, you, when you turn that tap on, is there some sort of pump system to keep the pressure? Yeah, there's a pressurisation tank, so yeah. the water comes out of the water organising module that I described earlier, and it's yeah. brought up to mains pressure. Okay. And um, just gets pumped around the system. And obviously we've got this wall here that's made from glass oh. bottle bricks. But if only you could see this, I'm, I'm sure, Sarah, let me just make sure Sarah videos it. Sarah? Sarah? Have you videoed the bottle wall? What? Have you videoed the bottle wall in here? Oh, she's just so smart, my wife. <laughs> bottle walls, um, you'll see on the video, absolutely beautiful. So presumably it's lots of old bottles laid horizontal and sort of matrixed in with... Cement, presumably. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a really simple technique. You just get two bottles of the same size and you cut the necks off. Yeah. And then you take them together and then you just lay them like bricks and build a wall out of them. You get a lovely, lovely effect and it's yeah. just a bit like a sort of stained glass window just made out of junk. And you've got a shower as well. Now, I love simplicity. I love the way that the whole of the floor is the shower... <laughs> what do you call the bottom bit of a shower? It's just, yeah, it's the just shower a tray. bit. Tray, that's it, the shower yeah, tray. Yeah, it's just a wet room. Yeah. And, uh, Yes, yeah, so people can come in and have a shower if they need to. Nice. I, I'm, I'm seriously impressed with that. Now, let's, let's have a look in this hot area, because basically on the end of the Earthship, there's a circular room, a circular structure, with a lovely roof. Here we are. Yeah, this is a slightly different, um, slightly different design to the rest of the building, and it works in a slightly different way, um, but it's cooler, which is the whole point. Yeah. And this is actually the, this will be an office, um, so people will be in here beavering away. 
And this roof is just a lovely sort of um, radially arrayed upward sloping roof with a circular aperture at the top with a square. Looks like a, is that a gravity? It is, gravity fed skylight. Yeah, it's skylight, a 16 facet roof, so you've got yeah. this lovely kind of uh, wooden structure above us. And uh, yeah, it's pretty inspiring. Looking forward to having a desk in here and, uh, and beavering away. And now, what, what happened to the trombay wall? Is it still working? It is, yeah. I mean, it's not at the moment. Well, it is, but the, the air circulation bit isn't. We actually need to cordial out the holes um, ah, in that right, wall so yeah, we can yeah. actually get the circulation going again. We took the view we won when we wanted to render over all of this. Yeah. Um, just so we could get a really smooth coat sure. on the whole lot, really. So. so when you drill those holes, so basically it's glazed on the outside, it heats the wall on the outside, air goes up and comes in through those top. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, at the moment, there's glazing on the other side, so the heat comes in, heats the wall, and then comes out of the wall. Yeah. Um, but it's far more effective if you've got the holes at the top and yes. the bottom, and obviously you get the whole convection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And presumably that's most... most of of use during the winter months, I guess, when it's a sunny day, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually really noticeable um, after we after we rendered over that the difference in temperature in this room. It was cooler, was it? Yeah, at, yeah. it was a lot cooler. And, yeah, uh, it's quite it's like most things you don't miss them, you don't sort of don't notice them until they've gone. Until they've gone, uh, yeah. We didn't really notice it much at the time, but uh, as soon as they rendered over, when we did notice it again. Right, so here we are in the kitchen area. Um, proper little sink. Absolutely. Uh, oven? Is that an electric oven? No, it actually runs on LPG, which is our one sort of concession to fossil fuel, really. Um, I guess we could get it converted over to electric, maybe we will in the future. Yeah. But, uh, and I can see here some tanks. Tell me what these tanks are. There's a big vertically, in quite narrow tank, and there's a, is that the... What, what's the main, this main tank? Okay, the here? main tank there is something you'd find in every, every house. It's just a hot water tank. Yeah. And the one at the top on its side is a little pressurisation vessel. That's pressurised, there's a much smaller one, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. sort of on its side, really. This is quite an interesting feature. It's called a sun pipe. Oh! And don't tell me, it uses fibre optics to channel the sun in. It doesn't even, it doesn't even use fibre optics. Oh, it literally so cool. just has a very highly polished surface. Yeah. So the sunlight comes in the top and then it just bounces around and comes out the bottom. Oh, that is just so cool. Okay, well, let me just describe it to the listeners. It looks like a circular, just ordinary light stuck to the ceiling but in fact it's the it's the it's the bottom end of a very shiny silver tube presumably which is cash it's so bright it is really really bright and uh it's got these little holes around the edges that act as a ventilation system as well so yeah. you've got a vent that's providing lots and lots of light it's another little oh. one in the bathroom as well yeah i can so. see that one yeah smaller version yeah so is that a straight pipe going up to the top or is it bent round at all it is actually straight but one of the advantages of this particular system is you can get ones that have got sort of kinks in them so you can yeah. get light into places in buildings that sort of generally you wouldn't be able to get light into and what does the collector look like on the outside it's like a slightly domed glass yeah it's just a dome absolutely it's just a Fantastic. dome but you do get ones now that are flat or at an angle yeah. or Lots of different shapes, really. And can you put an ordinary light bulb in there for night time? So. Oddly enough, <laughs> the, the next generation, you can, you have got the option, and they come with a little dedicated solar panel, yeah. and that's connected to a battery, and they harvest light during oh, the day wow. and then store the energy in a battery. Yeah. And then at night, you just turn it on like a normal light. Oh, so just so as that cool. is now, it looks like a fluorescent light, Yeah. you then just pull a little switch or whatever, and uh, it pops out lots of light in the evening. So it's quite funky. Just so cool. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, really. Yeah, but low energy again. I mean, that's just sunlight. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's it's if anything, it's brighter than a ship light would be, and it's totally free. Well, you can tell. I mean, this is a skylight next to yeah. it, and you can tell the difference yes. in the quality of light. Yes. Um, Actually, that skylight shows you how thick the ceiling on this place is. It must be. A, it's got to be a meter thick, isn't it? It's not far off at like that end. Yeah, it's very very deep. 
Lots of insulation. So that's the kitchen? Yeah. Well, Misha, it's, it's a beautiful building. Thank you so much for showing us around. Is there anything we've missed? Well, I was going to say, if anyone listening to this would like to actually come and have a look around the building, we do do tours uh, on the first and third Sunday of every month um, and at other times as well. So probably the best thing is to have a look at our website, lowcarbon.co.uk, and uh, see what we're up to and come down and have a look around. Fantastic. Misha Hewitt, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you go to the main website for the show at www.eventsforbrighton.org, you can see the show notes for this episode and any relevant links to anything that was mentioned. Also, you can leave comments against each show and do feel free to email us at feedback at eventfulbrighton.org if you've got any comments or suggestions. See you next time. wireworldproductions.com